0: guys, welcome to Men's Leadership Network podcast. I'm so glad you're turning in today and I pray that God will challenge you and encourage you as we continue to grow as godly men. You know, we talk about this here at Men's Leadership Network, that you impact a man, you impact a marriage, you impact children, you impact generations. And I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for what God's doing in your life and the way you're growing in the Lord. And I'm joined today with Jacob Scrimshire, who is an amazing man of God. He is the discipleship pastor here at Rolling Hills Community Church. And he is a man who is passionate about raising up fully mature disciples. And today we're talking about the practices of a godly leader. And so all of us, whether we know it or not, uh, we are spiritual leaders and we want to get better at that. And so Jacob's going to help us today. Jacob, thanks for joining us today.
1: Glad to be here, man. Man, It is awesome. Awesome. So
0: tell us a little bit about you, your family, and then how you became the discipleship pastor here at Rolling Hills.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, Yeah, I've been been here since October. Yep. Um, Just a small... A worldwide pandemic in the middle there of that, of, <laughs> yeah. of learning what discipleship looks like in in that world. But, you know, mm. I, my wife and I, we've been married Shanna. We've been married for 12 years. Mm. Uh, we have four children. Our first child, Elijah, passed away a little bit after birth. I always mm. want to honor his life when I'm talking about my family, but I also have mm. a seven-year-old Jude, mm. a five-year-old Abe, and a two-year-old Zeke. So <laughs> all boys in the house, all crazy all the time, but we have fun uh together uh doing that you know and and being the discipleship pastor here i get to the honor of uh overseeing what discipleship looks like and and missions that in that together and how they intertwine with the, mm-hmm. with one another which both of those things are just extreme passions of mine so it's just an honor to to be here on staff and, and to be a part of that process in people's lives for
0: sure. wow i love that i love that so again yeah, you got a lot going on i mean yep. you got three boys in the house you got an amazing wife you got a big job huge calling and uh, it's exciting, you know, yeah. never a dull moment. Uh, hey, tell us a little bit about your own faith journey, about what God did in your life when you came to know Christ and how you've been maturing in your own walk.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I didn't grow up in a Christian home, per mm-hmm. se. I remember going to church a, a few times with my grandmother, going to a, a VBS, but there was, it was not a regular rhythm of ours uh, going going to church. But uh, there's a long story and a short story. I'm going to give you the short story of, of okay. how I came Uh, to faith. When I was a teenager, I had a Christian friend who they were, a Christian home, uh, and he encouraged me like, hey, if we're going to continue to be friends, you need to be a follower of Christ because the Bible says, you know, if your right hand keeps sinning, you need to cut it off. And I I didn't grow up in church. I was like, are you about to cut my hands off, bro? What's (laughs) happening here? He's like, no, it just means we can't be friends if you're not a Christian. And I was like, okay, what do I need to do? And he said, just pray this prayer with me. So there in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, sitting in a playground in our neighborhood in, in my teenage years, I got on my knees and I prayed a prayer. Wow. But what happened after that was I was like, well, now what? And he was like, well, now you're not, you're not going to hell. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. Do I get like a get out of hell free card or something, you know? And he was like, no, nah, you're, just, you're just a Christian now. So, but what happened between then and my mid-20s is there was no uh, fruit of the gospel mm. in my life. My words changed, but nothing about my life changed. Jacob was still the center of everything um, that I did during that time. You know, the Bible talks about the, the old man has passed away, the new man has come. Yeah. The old man still lived there. He just said different things. Mm. Um, so, if you would have asked me during that time, over you're a believer, but there was no fruit of the Spirit, no fruit of the gospel and who I was. Fast forward through uh, still living as, uh, as Jacob, as the center, as the king of my life, mm. making all decisions focused on me. It came to my mid-20s and Really, at that point, if, you, if I gave you a list of things to write down, like, hey, uh, name as many sins as you can think of, I can pretty much check off every one of those. Wow. And, I was in the, and I was living in the sin. And, you know, the, the Bible says that we should throw off the sin that so easily entangles us. Yeah. I was deeply entangled. And I mm. felt the weight. I always explain it like I had a backpack filled with bricks on my mm. back. And I was just getting tired and weary of walking with those, with those sins and with it on my back to one day in my mid twenties, I woke up early in the morning in sweats and I just, I couldn't go another day. I was either going to die that day or something different was going to happen. Wow! And I had talked about Jesus for a long time between 14 and mid twenties, but I truly met him that morning. I fell to my knees and said, Jesus, I'm yours. Wow. And I, and instantaneously I, I felt that backpack filled with bricks mm. uh, come off. And and really, at that same time, in that moment, the Lord was just impressed on my heart, like, you know who you were. Mm. You know all your sins. Now you understand what grace is. Mm. And really impressed on me in that same day, now spend the rest of your life preaching that gospel of grace to everybody you come across. And that was really simultaneously my call to ministry. There was a church in my neighborhood. I just went and sat on the back row, didn't know anybody. I didn't know what to do. So I went and sat on the back row and Long story short, here I am. God just decided to grab me and had a different story in mind for me, so. Wow,
0: what a story, man, (laughs) I love that, Jacob. And I think a lot of guys who are watching probably can identify, maybe they didn't grow up in a Christian home, Uh, maybe a friend told them about Jesus or maybe a friend invited them to watch this today or something, but but man, there comes this point that God meets every one of us Mm -hmm. and He met you on that playground, uh, but then He really captured you, you know, in that mid-20s and uh, wow. Yeah. So tell me about this, because you are so passionate about discipleship and what that means to grow in the Lord. So kind of give us a definition of discipleship for you and mm-hmm. what that means for the everyday guy who's like, okay, I want to grow in my faith, uh, but I really don't understand how to take those next steps. What does that mean?
1: Yeah. And the word discipleship, I mean, it's a, it's a big word. You hear yeah. it in church all the time, but what does it specifically mean for us? And the way I like to think about it is when you think about the word disciple, specifically what it means is uh, I'm a student. Of someone. Oh, okay. I'm an apprentice. I'm a disciple. So when we say I'm a disciple of Jesus, what we're really saying is I'm a student and Jesus is my teacher. <laughs> I, I'm an apprentice and he is my master. And I, I try to think about it like this, I've been playing golf a lot again lately. Um, and if like, you're my golf teacher, um, I need to get better. You're the one who's come close to mastering it for me. I'm going to sit with you. I'm going to say, what do I need to do on a regular basis to become more like you as a golfer. And you're gonna say, hey, you do these things. These are the things that lead to becoming more like me. And I'm gonna practice those things. I'm not gonna be perfect in those things, but every once in a while, I'm gonna show out and I'm gonna have a shot that looks like <laughs> yours. And then I'm gonna hit it in the woods the next time. But it's a slow process of becoming more like the one who's teaching me. And that's discipleship to me. Mm. It's becoming more like Jesus. To, to spend the times where I'm not always gonna look like, I'm gonna fall short, but I'm, uh, steady progressing towards the way Jesus walked on earth, and and when I think about discipleship, it, it, it's two different. It, there's there's communal discipleship and there's individual discipleship. Mm. So this is where this is where the illustration with golf differs because golf is a purely individualistic sport. You know, there's tournaments where they play together, but it's mostly individualistic. You're growing at your game by yourself to become better. Yeah. Well, God didn't design discipleship like that. He designed it to where there is an individual time with the Lord where you're growing and becoming more like Him, but He also gave you other people in your life to help you become more like you. Because there, it's like having a bunch of golfers like, how do we get better together That's what we do in uh, community groups. That's what we do in any kind of discipleship setting is, how do we grow together and look more like Jesus together? So there's that individual and communal aspect of of that growth process. Man, I love that. You know, I I really think that a lot of guys would kind of identify with
0: that because uh, we probably a lot of guys grew up playing sports, right? And so you're on a basketball team, and you know, you want to get better individually, but you also know you you know you're around the other teammates. And the teammates make you work out harder. They make you better because that iron sharpens iron. Right. And and I think about that, that Jesus didn't just call one and spend one on one time with Peter or, or John and just took the he he took twelve, right? Yeah. Because there was all this, this accountability, this encouragement, this challenge. And I think as guys, we that that's something that, man, that makes sense to me, you know, yeah. and I want to grow in that community. Tell me some kind of defining moments for you in discipleship. You know, you, you had that period where you didn't really grow and then your mid-20s, God captured your heart. I mean, now you're on staff as a pastor, but what are those, what are those this, the defining times for you in this area of discipleship?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a good question because like when you look at a disciple in the Bible, like look at Peter. Yeah. And you look at the kind of people Peter had in his life. I, I really point out three types of people Peter had. He had a spiritual mentor, which was mm-hmm. Jesus. Jesus yeah. pouring into him. He had spiritual peers, the other disciples, to where Jesus is teaching them hard things, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Yeah. So they're like, okay, and they turn to each other like, what is he talking about? <laughs> like, so they had the spiritual peers and then the people in the community that he's pouring into. So there was three types of people, spiritual mentor, spiritual peer, and then the spiritually immature that he was teaching what he was learning to others. So when I look back early on in my discipleship, because I didn't grow up in church, I didn't know anything about church, everything I'm learning is fresh on my mind, The reason why discipleship is so passionate me because I had godly men and women in my life early on come alongside me and be that spiritually mature person speaking into my Mm -hmm. life. And then I quickly found others around me that were spiritual peers to where we were growing together. And then those spiritual mentors always put people in my life to pour into, to teach what I was learning, like to give me responsibilities to disciple others. So in my life, I have specific men and women I could name that were they taught me how to be, as I'm walking into a, a serious relationship, becoming a husband one day. This is what a godly husband looks like, mm. because I, I wasn't sure of what that looks like. Yeah. Um, or what a, this is what a godly father looks like, and this is what a godly man looks like. And those things that they impressed on me early on, it, it's stuff I still do. Like when I pray in the mornings, there's three things I always pray. Lord, help me be a godly man. <laughs> help me be a godly husband and help me be a godly father. Mm. And, and I pray those things and those are things that I was dis- discipled into me. So like, I had such a unique discipleship experience that I had pastors, men and women pouring into me to where I now wanna make sure that as many people as possible have that type of experience for them, to have that community around them to push them forward and grow them and teach them the way I was. Wow, that, that's
0: great. I mean, and I think that's it for every guy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's our calling. And we need those people in our lives, we need people who are older, who are more mature in the faith, and and I pray that men's leadership, that's where we can help one another, you know, grow and iron sharpens iron. Uh, And we need that community, right? We need that, those people around us, and then we need people that we're pouring into. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Now, you've been working hard to develop kind of this next steps disciples guide for us as a church, but for everybody. I mean, really, for anybody who wants to grow spiritually, Mm -hmm. because there are some ways to take next steps. Uh, And I think a lot of times with discipleship, you know, it's like, okay, like, like what happened with you? You prayed, you became a Christian, and you're kind of like, okay, now what? You mm-hmm. know, and nobody said, now what? You know, but, but you go to college and they say, hey, here's a plan. Here's classes you take, 101, 201, 301, four hundred one. You know, or you go to work and they give you a manual. And, and so as guys, I like, hey, what's my next step? What do I need to do? And you've been working hard to put that together. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So like in studying discipleship, you look in 1 John Chapter 2, verse 6, it talks about, hey, if you abide in Christ, mm. you should walk the way that he walked. And, like, if you look at a bigger picture of First John, it's like, hey, do you want to know if you know him? Do you walk the way he walked? So the, the guide is really a, a place where we can step down and say, how do we walk the way that he walked? Mm-hmm. If he's our master, if he's our teacher, and we're his apprentice, how do we live the way he lived? It also takes the element to step back and say, like, if I would ask you, who's the God, most godly person you know? And if we were to sit down and camp on that person, what are the regular practices we see in those people's life that led them to be this, this godly leader, this godly person uh, that they are? So that's where the idea is that you can have something in your hand mm. that's going to awaken your spirit, this idea of growing, and so that you can have a next step. Because that's the, that's the idea of it. its next step as a disciple's guide. It's because if you've been a Christian for 40 years or you're a brand-new Christian, every one of us as disciples has a next step. In growing and looking more like Christ because we're not none of us are going to look exactly like Christ this side of heaven right. so how do we every day take a next step in looking like him and when you look at it hopefully you find a place where I need to be more like him here and here so just putting things in people's hands to where they can they can have a place to say where am I and how do I go forward
0: Wow give it give us kind of uh, an idea some of the practices like if you were You know, practically speaking, like, what are, what are some of those next steps? What are some things that you would say? Hey, here's, here's just kind of a foretaste of what, what this guide would be like for you.
1: Yeah, what we really try to do is break it down into just a manageable, a manageable portion to be like, what are the daily practices you see in the people like of that. God? It's like, like, so if we were to go to that person that you thought of when you said the most godly person you can think of, I can almost guarantee you we would go to them and one of their practices is that they daily read the Word before yeah. they do anything else. I mm. can almost guarantee it mm-hmm. because that that is a... Uh, tried and true throughout all of church history, yeah. um, once they had the Scripture in their hand, it's something they did on a daily basis. Not because they were getting closer to God because of it. Not because they were trying to get salvation. It's because they had it.
0: Yeah,
1: Because they had the privilege. They had the Word of God in their hands, yeah. and they wanted to be in it. Yeah. So when you th- and when you think about those practices, it's easy to say, man, I I have to read the word. No, we get to. Mm. And I promise you, those people that are are growing in Christ and they're growing in their discipleship, they're jumping in the word because they long for it. Mm -hmm. So like one of the daily practices is is starting the day in the word before you grab your phone, before you do anything else. They're doing those things. And they're also praying while they're doing it. They're reading Psalm 23 and they're praying Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. They're like, the Lord is my shepherd. And they stop and they pray and they say, Lord, be my shepherd. So they're, they're intertwining those daily practices. And then what does a week, week look like for, for, for these growing Christians? Well, it looks like weekly they're, they're coming and gathering and worship together because mm-hmm. we're coming and putting ourselves in the presence of God and other believers, and we're growing together in that element. We're hearing from pastors like you. We're hearing, mm-hmm. from, uh, we're hearing from people that we haven't seen in a while. How's your life going? You know, mm-hmm. So they have this weekly practice of gathering and worship together, hearing, teaching, praising the Lord, and being changed by it. They're they're gathering in community groups. Mm-hmm. They're 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 with those other people that are sh- iron sharpening iron. Mm-hmm. That they're growing together with them as they grow up physically and spiritually uh, together. So you see these daily practices, these weekly practices, and then what does the monthly practice look like? Um, like example would be. Like silence and solitude, for example. Like when you spend time daily in the Word, you're spending time silence and solitude with the Lord. But we live in such a fast-paced culture. What would it look like for monthly to set aside for an hour a month? I'm not taking anything with me. I'm just going to go sit and be with the Lord. Take my Bible, and I'm going to sit. I'm not going to take my phone. I'm going to sit with the Lord, read, read His Word, and just see... Uh, what happens with this this time of getting away from all the 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 hush the hush the things that we want to hush <laughs> Yeah uh, coming back and saying the hustle and bustle has gone. Let me just be with the Lord So these mm. days there, there's many more daily weekly and monthly practices, but just a way for us to look and say hey how do I add hospitality to my monthly practice? How do I add the intentionality to write down uh, a group of 10 people and plan to invite them over to dinner and bring them to the table and fellowship together and, and talk about what God's doing in our life together? So just, just regular practices that we want to implement in our life so we can look more like Christ did in his life. Man, I love that. That is so good because I think that's what we all need.
0: I mean, especially every guy. It's like, okay, you give me, a, give me some things and I'll, I can do it, right? Yep. You know, just let me know. But daily weekly, monthly, you know, and, and putting those practices in my life. And that's, that's where you see the change, right? Yep.
1: And uh, I think that's awesome. Because those are avenues that God changes us through. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like Eugene Peterson, right? A, a long obedience in the same direction, you know, yep. well, what's the direction? And I spend a lot of time on a lot of other things, you know, but, mm. but how can I start to really focus in on what God's called me to do and who God's called me to be, right? Yep. What do you think is the biggest challenge for men to grow spiritually? I mean, this area of discipleship, I think as men, I mean, you're watching, so I'm so thankful for that. I mean, that is one big step. Uh, but what do you think are the biggest challenges for men to grow spiritually?
1: Yeah. Back to the golf illustration yeah. for a second. <laughs> you know, you play golf with the guy, he keeps hitting it right over and over. I am not talk yeah. about myself. I'm not, I am promise. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, man, why do I keep hitting it right? Why do I keep hitting it right? And then one of the other guys is like, well, that's because you're swinging right and you're lining up right. And he's like, no, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that because he doesn't want to hear from anybody else. Our pride gets in the way. Mm. And once again, I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about other people that hit it,
0: um,
1: <laughs> hit it right. But, and I think that, that that's really a good illustration of the hurdle is being able to have people in our life and being open to people to speak into our lives to say, hey, this is why you're hitting it right. Mm. Because we're all hitting it right in some form or fashion in our life in different areas of, of being open enough that if we're playing golf by ourselves, we're hitting it right. That we could tell somebody, "Hey, man, I'm I'm hitting it, I'm hitting it right. What can you walk with me and what yeah. this looks like?" And just being open to that type of relationship, mm. that type of discipleship relationship that Jesus had with the twelve and with the few that he would go where he could speak. Directly into um, their lives and, and men being open to that type of apprenticeship with other believers. Because I almost can guarantee you that if we were to talk to just pull a random man in, we're like, hey, would you be interested in having a, a more mature Christian believer speak into your life? They, they'd be like, yes and no. Uh, I want that. I, I'm, I'm not going to go pursue anybody. I don't know what that looks like. But I just don't want them to go too far into my life. Wow. Um, but once you, people start seeing, like once the guy says, hey, you're doing this when you're hitting it right, you start correcting because you listen to him. and You're like, man, I should have been listening to him all along. For us having those people that we can speak to and listen to in our life, and that's a hindrance for all of us of, of not letting our pride get in the way and humbly saying, hey, man, will you walk with me through X or Y?
0: So. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a challenge for all guys, you know, because like you said, we, we want that. Right? I think if every one of us was honest, right, yeah. we, we want to get better in our life. And I mean, Jesus makes you better. I mean, God's Word makes you better, makes you a better husband, father, a man after God's heart. Uh, but at the same time, we we're, we're, we're get scared sometimes to open up. We get scared to be honest or real. Uh, our pride gets in the way. Um, but man, I tell you, if we would just open up, God will do something incredible in our yeah. lives, you know? 100%. So, wow, that's, that's a great—I'm I'm glad you hit on that. And I, and I hope and pray that we're all mature enough to say, I'm not going to let pride keep me from becoming all that God wants me to be, right. you know? Um, talk about how you envision next steps, this Disciples Guide, impacting men's life, uh, their marriage, and even them as dads. Like, can you talk yep. about that?
1: Yeah. Like, something we talk about here— a lot is like speed of the leader, speed of the team. Mm. And wherever we are, we're in some type of leadership role. And the things we practice on a regular basis is affecting how we lead and it's affecting the people that we lead. So like if we were to go to my life and say, okay, what are the things you're practicing on a regular basis? That we all have rhythms, habits that we're doing on a regular basis. And all of those habits are leading us in trajectory somewhere. Yeah. So like, what are the things you do on a regular basis? Well, if it's watch Netflix, Three hours a day, that's leading you on a certain trajectory. Now, if you get up and read the Bible as your first thing (laughs) in the day, that's leading you on a certain trajectory. So all leadership really comes back to self-leadership starts first. So how am I leading myself well? How am I practicing the things that are producing fruit of the gospel instead of fruit of the world? How am I practicing things that are leading towards Christ-likeness and not leading to more worldliness. So the practices, the next steps help me as a a husband, a father, make my priorities. First thing, I'm gonna be in the Word. And then that affects directly how I lead my family, how I lead organization, how I lead anything that I, I've been put in, in my stead. Because once you begin to focus on self-leadership and your relationship to God and growing as a... Same reason I pray those three things every day. Yeah, Godly man, godly husband, husband godly father. father. When I start leading myself in those things, my leadership automatically becomes other-centered instead of me-centered, you see? So, like, as I'm practicing these things, I automatically become a better leader because I'm becoming more like the master because we want to lead the way Jesus led and we become more like him the way he led with compassion and grace, but also with clear direction, Mm. you know? Because a lot of times when we think about Jesus as a leader, we may say, well, with Jesus, he, you know, he was, he was floating around. He was just nice to everybody. Yeah, he was filled with grace. He was filled with compassion, but he was also filled with clear direction of where he was leading people. So those things work together where Godly leadership comes from how we lead ourselves first, and then we become other-centric in our leadership of our family, of our marriage, of our organization, whatever it is. These practices help us lead those things better. And then, like, when my seven-year-old comes in and sees me reading the Bible every morning, yeah. you know what I'm doing? He wants to read the Bible, yeah. too. Yeah. To where at night he's like, can we read the Bible instead of Lightning McQueen tonight? Yeah, yeah, brother. I would love to do that. <laughs> I would love to do that. So. Wow,
0: that's strong. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. You know, one of the biggest impressions on me was when I was four or five and I walked by my dad's room one night and he was on his knees and I looked in and I said, Dad, what are you doing? And he said, I'm praying for you. Mm. And uh, I was like, wow, I never forgot that. You know, that my dad at night was praying for me uh, that was powerful. Um, so talk about this, Jacob, because I think sometimes we talk about reading God's Word or we get into a discipleship plan. or It, it sounds a little overwhelming sometimes, yeah. right? I mean, time-wise, we're all busy. We're all thinking, how do I have time to do this? Uh, and then where do I start? You know, like, how do, I, how do I get started? Are there any practical things that you can kind of give us? I know the next steps, the disciples guide is going to lay out some practical steps, but are there anything for guys watching right now any practices for a godly leader that guys can start to implement now as we look forward to this new guide coming out
1: yeah the first step is that i always take with people if i'm in a discipleship relationship with someone or they ask me hey what what is my first step the first question i always ask them hey are you reading the bible daily mm. and they're like well yeah they're either yeah i'm reading it, but i'm not getting much out of it yeah. or no nah, i'm just not i don't have the time and then that's when we can get into, well, let's see what you do have the time for. And we start I talked about those habits <laughs> that, are, uh, that are maybe leading somewhere else. But once you get to it and you're like, okay, I'm reading, but I'm not getting much out of it. I really suggest to people like, hey, if you're going to start reading the Bible, start small. Mm. Like even in my personal reading time, I'm more prone to reading paragraphs in context at a, at a time. Let me sit in this paragraph. Let me read this paragraph. Let me sit in it, pray through it and say, man because there's so much there and usually like if we read like three chapters i remember like this much of what i just read but if i read a paragraph i usually read that paragraph underline something that stood out to me then i'll take a note card and and write out that that verse on a note card and i'll take it with me put it in my pocket ride in the car put it on there and just kind of pray through that verse throughout the day to where then it becomes a more manageable chunk to where this is what god's teaching me today like back to psalm 23. I'll read that and say, the Lord is my shepherd. I'll Mm -hmm. write that down. And then throughout the day, I'm praying and reminding myself, the Lord is my shepherd. To where it is, it's a manageable piece. It's a smaller piece of scripture. We sit through it throughout the day. And and that verse, God uses that to speak into our life throughout the day. So I always suggest that as a first a first step is, is start small, mm-hmm. maybe paragraphs at a time, maybe a chapter. If you're feeling, if you're feeling crazy, get a whole chapter in. Um, but small manageable piece, pieces and make it practical. Hey, um, how am I going to do this throughout the day? How am I going to let God, Lord guide me as a shepherd throughout the day today? And then it, then it stays with you throughout the day. So wow. that's, that's just an easy first yeah, step for Yeah, that's great. Is
0: there like a particular book or is there a place in the Bible that you encourage people to start
1: in or...? Yeah, like I, I one or two places. Like I encourage people to like read Mark. Uh-huh. Because Mark is the quick, fast gospel to where you can say, "Okay, what's going on yeah. here?" Let me sit in that's there. That's your daily step right now. Yep. Too. That's, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So start start in Mark if you want to go through the gospel. Or it's always good to go through the Psalms. Let me just sit in oh, the yeah. sit in the Psalms, maybe one Psalm a day, and, and spend uh, some time underlining and sitting in in the Word there. Or even starting in like Philippians, take a small letter mm. uh, because it's easy. That it's good to have easy wins early on. If I'm just starting to read the Bible read philippians and then mm-hmm. next year you know you've read the book of philippians in four days if you're reading a chapter at a time it's like man that was so good you know there's <laughs> been times where i finished a a book like philippians and was like I need to. I'm not going. On, I'm going to read that again. Yeah. Because there was so much, uh, so much goodness and treasure there. I want to go back and and mine it for all it's worth. But you know, so start in Mark. Start a small epistle. Read there, or just go through the Psalms. Any place you can start um, is good. Don't start in Judges. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's the, that's the hard part when people's like, well, I've been trying to read through the Bible in a year. Yeah. I started in Genesis and then I got, went, got to Exodus and next you know I'm lost in the desert with the Israelites yeah. and then you never return. Yeah. Um, so and those are good if you're in a place in your life where like I really wanna read through in this mm. way, but starting small in a place that's manageable, it's practical uh, and you can develop the habit of reading the Bible. Yeah,
0: I think that's the big thing. It's that habit, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that. Back to your golf example. You know, if, if we got a tea time Right, every one of us is going to show up for our tea time, right? I right. got this tea time, uh, but I think we don't schedule time with God, mm-hmm. and so then we get through our day and it's so busy, and then we're like, oh, I just didn't have time to read. But if we would schedule that, like, okay, I got a 6:30 a.m. tea time with God. You know, I'm going to meet with Him. We'll show up, right? And then we pull out, hey, I'm going to read Mark, or I'm going to read the Psalms, or I'm going to go to the Rolling Hills app, and I got to get started. Right. Uh, but then you're developing that habit like every morning I meet at 6 30, or every morning you know, I do this. That's when it really see that life change.
1: I think that's a great insight, yeah. And having the people in your life to hold you accountable to those, oh, yeah. Like, because if you didn't show up for your tea time, your buddy's gonna yeah. be like, Bro, where yeah. were you, man? Of no, like, does it look like in our community groups to hold each other accountable? Not yeah. in any legalistic way to be like, Hey, were y'all in the, in the word this week? Yeah, well, no, well, hey, what's next week gonna look like? And, and just to, uh, we all have friends in our life who can sense a text and like, Hey, were you in the word? today. Yeah. What did you learn? You know, and, and back and forth. And that's what that's what that communal aspect of the mm. discipleship looks like is how are we growing together? In
0: yeah, universe. that's so good. All right. So talk about this one thing too, because being in the word is so important. You also talked about prayer, how every day you pray, you know, uh, I want to be a godly man, godly husband, godly father. Uh, and I think a lot of guys, I mean, if we're honest, prayer sometimes is a struggle, personal mm-hmm. prayer, but also praying with our spouse or praying with our kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any practical examples or any encouragement you can give us in that area?
1: Yeah, and, and, and that's when it gets harder when you start bringing other people into yeah. the mix. Cause like yeah. at night, we, I pray with my, my boys every night before bed and I try to rotate and let them pray, and with the seven-year-old and five-year-old trying to pray, you know, <laughs> makes you know we're praying for Lightning McQueen. We're all <laughs> over the place, but the important thing is that we know that at bedtime, we're going to pray together, yeah. and creating that habit in them, like we talked about, to where as they grow up, they know that prayer is a regular rhythm of our life, and how important it is, because, so like, as, um, as we hear, like, Friend of, friend of ours who has cancer, you know, we're regularly yeah. praying for him at night and they see when stuff comes up in our life, we take it to the Lord. We don't just have to carry it on our own back. We're taking it to our creator and, and building that. So it's so important in like for me of the discipleship of my kids. And then when you're praying with your spouse, it's, it's, it's back to being intentional. Like, we're going to do it during this time because if you don't schedule things we know what's going to whether it be a date night whether it be anything with your Mm -hmm. spouse if you don't put it on the calendar you're going to be going all different ways and the next you know it's it's time for bed and you're asleep and it's another day gone yeah just being intentional about spending time because the thing about when you're praying with your when your spouse you know there's things on their heart that you didn't even know was on Mm -hmm. their heart until you come together in prayer like sweetheart i didn't know you were struggling with that i didn't know you had a hard week because you never had you may not have had time To talk, or even if you're you've been fighting about something during the week, and as you're praying and you're hearing that, man, this is this is just another human that that needs grace just like I do. As Mm. you're praying, and it it tenderizes your heart towards each other when you're praying together. So it's just a it's just an important habit to make that. Hey, this is a daily practice that we're going to have in our life.
0: Mm, That is so good because I think as guys we do we get busy and we're doers, right? We want to go do it. We want to go build it. We want to go accomplish it, and we don't take a lot of time to to really talk to our wives or to really listen to our kids or, you know, it's like, uh, just go to bed. I'm so tired. You know? It, and yeah. so man, to be intentional
1: about that time. And to, and it's easier for me to go and read the Bible by myself than, than schedule time to pray yeah, with my wife. Exactly. It's easier. Cause I can just do it whenever I want to. I could sit down, knock it out, but having to be selfless enough to say, Hey, when does this work for you and scheduling that and, and, and being uh, humble in it to say, Hey, let, let's pray together. Dude.
0: Mm, yeah. Is there any other encouragement or challenge you want to give us as we develop these practices of a godly leader? Anything you want to say to us as men who are called to be spiritual leaders?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that it's easy to like say, hey, I'm going to read the Bible daily and then and you miss a day. Yeah, And then you're like, okay, mm. I'm down on myself, or I didn't pray yesterday. But I, I really believe that once you start practicing these things, like reading the Bible, praying daily, uh, being in community, you'll start to see the fruit of it so much that it's not you being hard on yourself, you literally miss it in mm. your bones. But to where like, I mean, we talked about it in this season of not being with other believers until we could gather back yeah. together. We longed for it. Yeah. It wasn't just something that we did. It's something that we needed. Mm. It was something that was part of, our, of the fruit of who we are. And once you start practicing these things, you start longing for more yeah. and more to be more like the master. And when you're doing those things, and you, it's just like when you hit that good golf shot. Yeah. Like you can have a horrible day of golf. You hit one <laughs> shot, and you're like, I'm going to be back here next yeah. time because you have that one thing. And there's just so many moments like that where you come and meet the Lord in these practices to where you meet him there and you just long for more and yeah. more. And it really just changes holistically who you are as a person. The old man's gone, the new man come, and you begin to see more of what it means to be that new man as a husband and father and mm. leader. So.
0: Man, I love that. I gotta tell you, I really love the example too of the, of the golf coach, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I played golf recently with a guy, and this guy, I mean, I've known him for 15 years, and he has bought every golf equipment out there. He has spent more money. He is the best dressed golfer. And he's like one of the worst golfers I've ever seen in my life. And then when I prayed with him recently. He was hitting the ball. I mean, like, I was like, what happened? You're hitting the ball great. He goes, I got a coach. And he said, I took a lesson. And he goes, this guy. And I'm like, what a difference that makes. And I think for a lot of guys in discipleship, you know, we've just done the same thing over and over. And we're not seeing results. And then to have a next step disciple guide or to get into the Word and to have a coach speak into our hearts and our lives, it it changes us. And we're like, why did I do this sooner, you know? And so I'm so thankful for you, Jacob, and your heart for the Lord and your heart to really disciple men uh, because of the impact, you know? As men, it just impacts families and generations. So, hey, tell me this. What do you want your legacy to be?
1: Yeah, I love that question. It's so good. (laughs) Good. Um, You know, my job is discipleship pastor. Mm -hmm. But my, my most important job is discipleship pastor of my family. Mm. Like when I think about it, that, that's my highest priority. Wow. I love doing what I do for a profession. It's just a blessing to be able to be part of people growing in Christ-likeness. But when I think about it, my three boys are the most important discipleship job that I have. Yeah. Because what I want my legacy wow. to be is that what God has done in my life, by changing the trajectory of my life and even my My family, the scripture family name, the trajectory that he's changed, that for generations to come, it points back to what God did in my life. Not because it's about of me, but to show God's power that he grabbed me out of a different trajectory and said, I'm going to change your family for generations to come. So hopefully one day uh, when I'm in a room and I'm in a casket, they're sitting around and be like, he discipled his sons. I want my my sons to stand up there and say, I saw my dad reading the Word every day, and I saw it change his life. Mm. Not just because I was in there reading, but I became a different father every day. I became a different leader of my family that they can point back to uh, just even after they're gone. Generations and generations point back to he focused on discipling his kids. So. That's awesome. And for all of us, really, yeah. if you're not a discipleship pastor, you are a discipleship pastor of your home. Oh, yeah. That's what God calls you to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And how can you be intentional in those things? Like, how can I pour in, into my sons and daughters in this way? So.
0: Oh, yeah. It changes the whole family tree, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, and maybe your family tree had alcoholism or, you know, weren't believers or never went to church or, you know, always argued or yelled or screamed. It, you're changing that for your kids and you're gonna change that for your grandkids. Everything oh. impacts here off discipleship, what Jesus has done in your heart and your life and now of us to lead. Yep. Wow, yep. that's so good, yep. so good. Hey guys, I want to encourage you to be watching for this. This is gonna be coming out soon. Also the Man Minute over the next few weeks mm-hmm. is gonna be uh, talking about these practices of a godly leader. And I just to challenge you, I just encourage you, especially in this season of your life, man, go deeper and be stronger, you know? Uh, I I love that saying, right? Work, Work smarter, not harder. And maybe in this season, it's working smarter. It's like, I'm gonna be intentional about the things that are really gonna last and really gonna matter. And so be watching over the coming weeks and then jump in on this Next Steps Disciples Guide and let's grow as godly men. Thanks so much for joining us today. I wanna pray for us right now. And so let's do that. Father, thank you. Oh, wow. God, thank you for your son, Jesus, and the hope that we have in Christ. Thank you for salvation. And God, that we have eternity guaranteed with you. And Father, your Holy Spirit, who you place inside of us. And now, God, help us to grow. Help us to become the men that you created us to be. Help us to be the husbands and fathers and men after your heart. Help us to seek you all the days of our life, Father, and to leave a legacy that will impact our children and our children's children. So Father, thank you for speaking today. Thanks for Jacob and Father, for the leadership position that you have called him right now to help us all grow in you. And I pray that, Father, you would find us faithful. We love you. and We dedicate our lives to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, thanks for joining in today. Be watching next month for our next podcast and be watching every Friday for the Man Minute and share it with some other guy. And let's grow together in the Lord. Jacob, thanks so much. Thanks, brother. (laughs) Have a great day. God bless.